Hey there, Pastor Mark Jordan here from Hope Church. Thank you for stopping by and welcome to our online ministry. While you're here, make sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can stay up to date on all the content that's released. And while you're online, visit us at our webpage at placeofhope.org. Hope Church is on a mission to introduce people to Jesus and fuel their love for Him. And we hope that this message today is helpful and inspiring for you as you continue to take your next step on your faith journey. Once again, thanks for visiting us and make sure to check us out at placeofhope.org. Amen. Thank you, Mel. Don't you just love how God works? You don't know what I'm saying yet, but still, anyway. Um, I, that video, I just found it a couple days ago, and yet it hit all of the themes that have been part of our Dollars and Cents series, and it was such an affirmation for me about how God has led me to this and through this series following him and the footsteps of his generosity and hopefully leading you so that we all are following in the footsteps of God's generosity as well. Those are the things that we've talked about in this series, the scarcity versus abundance, the idea that it is about our time and our energy as well as our money, our resources, how God is the source, and when God is the source, God doesn't run out. And all of those things came together, and I looked at that video, and I'm like, wow, thank you, Lord, for how all of this just comes together and helps me to see and to understand that God is that divine engineer who is working to pull and to bring all things together to glorify his name and to help the world know that he is real and he loves us and has a plan and a purpose for our lives. Amen? But the reality is that so often we act, think, behave, believe as though everything is dependent upon us, revolves around us, and we're the center of the world. And we're not. One of those stark realities that occurred to me a number of years ago came at a point where I had a deep reflection that I've never known this world without me in it. I mean, it sounds kind of silly, right? But think about it. Have you ever known the world without you in it? I mean, like a real intimate, infinite knowledge. Now, you've read books, you've heard stories, you've seen movies and documentaries about things that perhaps happened uh, years or millennia ago, but you only really know the world from the time that you have been in it. And as a result, our perspective can be skewed. And that is precisely what we saw in this video, is that our perspective is skewed because as far as we are concerned, we have to struggle to put ourselves out of the center of the universe. And that's not an easy thing to do. It gets back to that whole original sin idea that we want things to happen our way right away. If only God would consult us, there would be so fewer problems in the world, and we would have so much less stress. But that's not the way that it works. God wants us to recognize that we are a vital, important cog in the wheel of God's engineering masterpiece. But what he ultimately wants for us is to recognize that he is at the center, and he is deploying us, he is developing us, and he wants to direct us in ways that will help the world know of God's love available for you and me and the world in Christ Jesus. And so that ultimately is what this Dollars and Cents series has been about. 
It's a stewardship series, yes, about how we are to take care of the resources that God has given us in our lives. And so frequently, when we think or we teach in terms of stewardship, we get hung up on the money, right? It's easy to do that. Even as a pastor, it's easy to do that because, you know, it seems as though money is what makes the world go round. But money is just a portion of the resources that God has given us. And God wants us to devote all that we have and all that we are to him. Our time, our energy, our witness, and yes, our money. It just so seems that our money becomes one of those things that is hardest for us to turn loose of. John Wesley said that the conversion of the heart comes before the conversion of the wallet. And that is true. And so the whole crux of this series, as we talked about the last couple installments, is to help us get to that point where we look at the totality of our resources and our time and our energy and, yes, our money, and we devote them fully and wholly to God. And I spell that W-H-O-L-L-Y and H-O-L-Y, just the same. That we wholly devote all that we have and all that we are to God. It is easy for us to reconcile and justify in some ways to say, well, you know, I volunteered an extra 10 hours at the church or at the community bank or whatever this past week, therefore I'm going to hold back about, you know, another 10% of my 10% because, you know, all of it balances out. That's not the way God looks at it. God looks at everything we have and are as the totality, and he wants us to live and to give with the totality of who we are. And so as we bring our Dollars and Cents series to a close today, I want you to think about the totality of what it is that God is asking us to do, why he's asking us to do it, and for whom he's asking us to do it. This is why we come to this point on the last Sunday before our Pentecost celebration next week, which is the Memorial Day brunch. Pentecost, the day that we celebrate the sending of the Holy Spirit, but we'll talk about that next Sunday. Because it's all God's. Everything in the world, including you. You are God's. And everything you have in your life whether you think your blessings are many or many, are all from God and for God. This would be a good time, if you've not done so already, to pull out your follow-along notes, whether you want to use them in the Hope Church Plus app, the info guide, the insert in there. They are available on the placeofhope.org website. I put links to those on Facebook and YouTube. So there really is no excuse if you want to follow along, uh, but they are available there for you. Uh, I found a story that made me chuckle the other day thinking about money and resources and, and things like that. And all this comes together uh, for our topic on how to invest for eternity. Uh, but there was, there's a story uh, about John D. Rockefeller. You know, at one point he was the richest man in the world. And someone asked his accountant after Rockefeller's passing, uh, how much did he leave? That would be a legitimate question if someone was really curious. How, how much did Rockefeller leave? And you know what his accountant's response was? All of it. That's exactly right. All of it. That speaks to us. I mean, we, we oftentimes hear these jokes that you, you don't typically see hearses pulling U-Hauls. But we still have this difficult time thinking that everything that we accumulate and we achieve and acquire doesn't mean anything in the next life, in the world to come. There's another cute little preacher story uh, that says this, this man who was of great wealth passed away, and when he went to go see St. Peter at the gates before going into heaven, he, he told St. Peter, he said, you know, I, I was a man of great accomplishment, and I just would like to bring something. I want to bring something into heaven that reminds me of, of the life that I had on earth. 
And St. Peter asked him, well, well, what is it that you would think to bring from earth that we wouldn't have here? He said, I just would like to bring a block of gold. He said, why would you bring pavement? Think about it. <laughs> the streets are paved with gold and heaven. Okay, it just wasn't good, right? Okay, so... You can always count on the peanut gallery. <laughs> anyway, why would you bring payment? The reality is, is that all of the gifts and the resources that God has given us in life are to help us prepare for eternity. God is far more concerned with your eternal nature than your current comfort. And that is one of those things that we have to really come to understand as we wrestle with it, as we grapple with it, because God is ultimately concerned about your eternal security and salvation than your current comfort. Our first Bible lesson for today, there's a lot of them in this, uh, in this message, comes from Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. This is a verse that I uh, helped deliver the message to the Pakistani students last weekend when the HSM students and I gathered in here with Brent to speak to the uh, youth conference in Pakistan, which uh, despite the technical glitches was really something quite awesome uh, to think about that. But this was a verse that I had already planned to speak on, and Pastor Brent mentioned to me, he said, you know, they are really working hard on Matthew 6, 21 right now. I was like, oh God, you are pulling all this thing together. You're pulling no strings. It is amazing to think about. But, but Matthew 6, 21 says, you'll see on the screen, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, when I first learned this verse, I wanted it to read in reverse. And there are parts of me in times that I still do. I want to say that where my heart is, there will be my treasure. That's what I want it to be. That's what I hope it will be. Where my heart is, there will be my treasure. But the reality is, is that Jesus knows a little bit about the human condition and the human heart, which says that the human heart is deceptive above all else, right? Be careful with what the heart wants when the heart wants it. Because the reality is, is the things that we treasure are the things where our heart gravitates. What are some of the things that you treasure? We all treasure people, places, and things. And then we also treasure some other things below those. Maybe they're good, maybe they're not. And that's the reality of a life where we are caught up in our human condition is that it's so easy for us to begin to treasure things, to begin to treasure stuff, and our heart gravitates toward the things that we treasure. And so Jesus wants us to do a heart check, so to speak. Think about what it is that you treasure in your life because those are the things that have like a gravitational field that's pulling your heart to those things. And so you've got to be careful. What is it you are treasuring in your life right now? Is it things of God? Is it things of a godly nature? What are you treasuring? Because the things that you treasure have this gravitational pull toward your heart. Be cautious about those things. Be mindful of those things because your treasure pulls your heart. Once we get our hearts in alignment with who Jesus is and what he wants for us, I do have a feeling that that can shift, but that is a hard shift for us to make. And it's something that we can even fall and slip down that slippery slope once we think we have it all in, in uh, perspective and under control, right? That we can begin to treasure things that we shouldn't treasure. So be cautious about the things that you are treasuring because your treasures have their own gravitational pull that brings your heart in line with it. 
And if your treasure is not in line with God, then your heart will not be either. And so this is a caution for us. And so when we think about ways that we are to invest for eternity, we have to be mindful that the reality that we face in our human condition is that we want to think that our heart is pure and it is virtuous and our values are in line with who God is and what God wants for our lives. And the things that we tend to treasure, the smaller things are uh, things like entertainment or sports or food or drink or whatever it is, that those can be handled in the proper perspective. But it is so easy for us to slip down that slippery slope that we grease with Crisco, that like burns our hindquarters like those metal slides that we had back in the 70s and the 80s so that we're sizzling like bacon going all the way down, right? We're moving fast and we're frying ourselves all the way down. We need to be mindful that our heart follows our treasure even though we would want it to be the other way around. Hopefully that's clear, because I think Jesus knew what he was talking about. And so if we are going to get ourselves ready for our eternal nature, then the thing that we need to make sure we are mindful of is how God wants us to invest the many blessings and resources that he has put in our life. And so we're going to look through five different funds, so to speak, investment funds that God has. Uh, and I'd love to say that this is original, but I read this in an article uh, by Pastor Rick Warren, who just retired, but he wrote The Purpose Driven Life and The Purpose Driven Church and was the pastor of the Saddleback Church out in California. And I saw this and said, oh, that would be a fantastic way to bring this series to a close. So we're going to look at five aspects of God's investment funds. The first is that God has a growth fund. God wants you to use your resources to invest in your character. Why? Because of what I've already mentioned. God is more concerned about your character for eternity than your current comfort. In Proverbs chapter 10 verse 16, we read this, that the earnings of the godly enhance their lives, but evil people squander their money on sin. <clears throat> Remember the slippery slope? Greece with Crisco? Like a 70s slide, all metal? We're burning our hindquarters and sizzling all the way down? The earnings of the godly enhance their lives, but evil people squander their money on sin. This speaks directly into the whole idea of our hearts following our treasure. Are you treasuring things that are sinful? Now, friends, even things that are good can be sinful if they are taken out of proportion, if they are taken out of perspective, if they are not being used to honor God. And so we must be mindful that our growth fund is about investing in our character so that we can continue to keep our treasure in our heart in the proper place and not become addicted to things that are sinful. The second fund is God's mutual fund, which is about investing in relationships. Investing in relationships. This is about using your resources to help build those connections with other people. Romans chapter 12, verse 13 says, When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Use your resources to help other people and practice hospitality. I think this is a perfect time as well for us to think about that nature of hospitality. In terms of the way that we think about it in our modern world, in our modern culture, we oftentimes look at hospitality as doing things for people that we like and maybe even love. Right? We want to 
host a nice meal. We want to uh, have pretty decorations and things like that so that when people come to our house, whether it's a holiday or whether it's a feast or something like that, we are practicing hospitality. But did you know in the biblical sense that hospitality was not directed toward people that you knew? Hospitality was intended to be directed toward the people you did not know. In the biblical mindset, hospitality for our friends and our family is a given. There should be no question about that. And so the way that the scriptures teach teach about it and talk to us about it is that we need to have the same mindset of caring for the stranger that people do we do not know as we do with our friends and our family. Because of what Jesus said when he gave the parable of the, the Good Samaritan, your neighbor is anyone to whom you can show kindness. Doesn't matter where they're from. Your neighbor is anyone to whom you can show kindness. Use your resources to develop your own mutual fund so that you are practicing hospitality, building relationships with people that you know, people that you know that you love, that you like, and maybe even complete strangers. God's mutual fund is about investing in relationships. The third investment fund is God's service fund. This is investing in service or outreach, evangelism, about helping people who do not yet know Jesus to come to know Jesus. Sometimes this is done in something as simple as a cup of cold water. Jesus said, if you give a cup of cold water to any child, it's as though you've given it to me. It's also been said that one cannot hear the teaching and the preaching of the gospel over the roar of a rumbling stomach. Sometimes our service funds that help us preach the gospel to Christ comes in building a wheelchair ramp or replacing a roof or something of the sort on a mission trip. Sometimes that service fund is something simple that we do here at Hope Church. Greeting at the door, sharing a cup of coffee, collecting toys and sending them to Cameroon. God's service fund is about helping us put our money into action to introduce people to Jesus and fuel their love for him. Have you heard that? It's our mission statement. That's God's service fund. Proverbs eleven twenty four says this, one of my very favorite verses. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. God's service fund, us putting our money into action to help those who do not yet know Jesus come to know him, is a great way for us to invest our lives and our character and our resources. The fourth fund is God's global fund. This is investing in the Great Commission. I wrote a devotion, shameless plug, for a Hope Church Plus page on the website, as well as Facebook, about the Great Commission. It's going to come out next Saturday. And I hope that you'll pay attention to it. But in the Great Commission, we read that Jesus said, go out into the world and make disciples, teaching and preaching and baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Remember the idea of discipleship? It's following Jesus. So he also deploys us alongside someone else who needs to know Jesus. And so this 
brings the idea of the mutual fund and the service fund and the global fund all together because the Great Commission is about going out into the world, introducing people to Jesus and feeling their love for him. Luke chapter 16 verse 9 says, Use your worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves so that when it is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. God's global fund. It's interesting that verse comes from the parable of the shrewd manager. If you're not familiar with that parable, it it talks about some guy who gets caught up in some greed and maybe even a little fever, and he's about to get fired. And what he tries to do from that point forward is to cook the books a little bit so that the people that owe him money may get a little bit of a break so that in turn, he might get a little bit of a favor a little while. That's a kind of a strange parable for Jesus to deliver, isn't it? Talking about scoundrels. It makes me think of Jack Sparrow in the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, but that's the message for another time. But it talks about find ways to use your resources to connect with other people. It all seems together. It comes together seamlessly so that we are talking about introducing people to Jesus in our homes, in our churches, in our communities, and across the world. You can use your worldly wealth to gain friends for yourself so that when it is gone, you'll be welcomed into eternal dwellings. The fifth investment fund that God gives us is God's treasury fund. Investing in the church is an act of worship. Not an act of duty, not an act of obligation, but an act of worship. God wants our giving of our resources, time and energy and money, to be viewed as an act of worship. There's praise that goes with it. There's confession that is a necessary part of it. There's faith and trust. Why is that? Because when we give of our resources where we tend to feel scarcity, it says, God, I know you are the one who controls it all, who gives it all. And you're asking me to give back just a portion for the sake of helping to build your church that is at work in the community and throughout all creation. Friends, this is a mighty important thing because it recognizes that God is God and you and I and we are not. Like the video said, it comes down to trust. God, I trust you to give you these gifts. I trust you that I deploy them into the church, that you're going to use them in the church and through the church, by the church, to build your global fund, to build your service fund, to build your mutual fund, and to build your growth fund. And then it works the same way in reverse. So, Lord, by my giving, help me to grow stronger in my faith and in trust for you. In my giving, help me in the church, in the community, to develop relationships so that we may grow closer to you and grow closer to each other. Allow my faith in giving you these be lived out in service, that even the simple things like juice boxes and ramen noodles that we send out into the schools and the community for children who do not eat, 
when they're not in school, that it helps to quench the thirst and to calm and soothe the rumbling tumblies, as Winnie the Pooh might say. And it's not just designed to be done right here in Paulding County or, or West Cobb. It's about taking it into the world, helping the world know, because this church is concerned with every single solitary soul. And so I want to help build the church for the sake of building God's family. Look at Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 through 10. It says, Honor the Lord by giving him the first... Not everyone does, Siri. It is okay. If you'll just give me another minute, I'm going to... I'll finish this concept. I'll finish this point. If you didn't hear Siri, she said she's not sure she understands. And I conceded that probably not everybody does. But that's okay. So we're all on the same page. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 and 10 says, Honor the Lord by giving him the first part of all your income. And he will fill your barns with wheat and barley and overflow your wine vats with the finest wines. He says, give the first and trust God with the rest. But you know what giving of the first also means? It means giving of the best. Throughout Scripture, it's all about giving of your best to God and for the sake and the movement of the ministry of the gospel of grace and peace and redemption and salvation. God wants you to give your best to the church and the church's best for the community in which it resides and serves and in the world for whom we are all called to love God and love others. We are called to give our best. Are you giving your best for God? Or are you giving your rest? Are you giving what you have? Or are you giving what you have left over? We need these investment funds to call us and to call our faith into action that we are developing our character, that we are developing relationships, that we are developing others who have not yet heard the gospel of Jesus Christ and using things like simple service to be that simple syrup that sweetens up their life. <laughs> that was not in my notes. But it's also about building the global fund and the Great Commission as we continue to build the church. God wants your best. Will you give it to him? Our closing text today and for this series comes from 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 18 through 19. And it's talking about followers of Jesus. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. Take that out of the third person and read it in the first. I should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, I will be storing up treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience and I may experience your life. Friends, however it is that God has led you to this point in this place, and I know we all come from different backgrounds. We have different things in our lives, different things in our past, 
but the one thing that God wants from you and from me and for all of us in the church out into the world is to give him our best, to allow him to work through our resources of our time and our energy and our money to build our character, to keep that focus on Jesus, to build relationships with other fellow believers. Because we draw closer to each other, we are also drawing closer to God. To find simple service ways that we can, through juice boxes and ramen noodles and wheelchair ramps and things of the sort, help introduce people to Jesus who do not yet know him. And this isn't just designed to be done in our community, but throughout all creation, and particularly those areas like in Pakistan where we invested some of our time and energy last week to help people around the world know about following God with the whole, pure, true heart and soul and mind and strength so that we can ultimately be about building the church and to continue the cycle over and over and over again of introducing people to Jesus and feeling their love for him right here in our own church, in our community, and throughout the world. So I want to challenge you as the band comes up and we bring this service and this series to a close to give God your best. And in giving him your best, allow him to build your faith, to strengthen your relationships, to find simple ways to introduce people to Jesus and fuel their love for him. But the people you know and people clear across the world who you may not know, so that we may continue to build our church and do it over and over again. Pray with me, please. Living and loving God, I thank you for today. I thank you for this series where we are called to recognize that you are the heart and the center and the soul of all that we have and all that we are. Forgive us, Lord God, when we live with a scarcity mindset, when you want to bring us abundance. Forgive us for not trusting you with all that we have and all that we are when you so freely give and give again. And so, Lord God, help us to invest our lives with our time and our energy and our money to give you our best, that we may grow closer to you, closer to each other, to go back out into the world to serve and help the world know that you are real and you love us and have a plan and a purpose for our lives. And so, Lord God, I pray that we may bring our faith and trust in our finances and in our time and our energy and everything else to you and your church today that you may turn us inside out and send us back out into the world to continue to replicate it over and over and over again. In the name of Jesus, I pray this day and forevermore. Amen and amen. Thank you again for joining us today. We are glad that you stopped by. Again, we want to encourage you to visit us online at placeofhope.org. If you're in the Paulding County area there, you can get service times, directions, and information about all of our awesome activities for children, for students, and for adults. Again, Hope Church is on a mission to introduce people to Jesus and fuel their love for Him, and we hope to provide you the heart fuel you need to follow Jesus. Thanks again.